Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Money Awakenings. Man, it is quiet saying that. And then there's then there's the dogs. Perfect. I was like, wow, it is quiet. I'm so quiet. It's so quiet outside. I'm talking low. And then bam. Perfect timing. All right. Well, I hope you're doing amazing. We're going to go for a walk since it's not brutally cold right now. And not windy. And we're just going to talk about money beliefs, about beliefs that block abundance, wealth, love. It's so fascinating to me that from my vantage point, from my perception, the next logical step of evolution is through the heart. The mind has taken us as far as it can go, as far as leaning on it alone. Like I always say, if if you're listening to only logic or only your subconscious beliefs, it's like trying to live with um, one arm strap behind your back and not using your legs. Like you only have one thing to use. And the reason I bring that up is because the more you're in touch with your heart and communicating with it and letting letting it communicate with you, um, the more you see through the illusion that the mind has made up. Eckhart Tolle has this great line that says something to the effect, it's not going to be perfect, but using the mind to try to to try to fix the mind or using the ego to try to fix the mind is like asking the police chief to catch the chief of uh, the, the arsonist when the arsonist is the chief of police it's more simply said is how can you trust the mind to, f- to fix itself How can you trust the subconscious beliefs to update themselves? You know, we look at technology and it's constantly updating. From even the simplest apps, I was playing a a very simple game and they went through an update. A simple game app. um, And it went through an update and I was like, oh, okay, so they moved some buttons and they added a feature or whatever. And I was like, wow, even something that simple needs to update. And of course, updates updates when there's new software, the operating system, like, you know, uh, if the whole operating system, Droid or Apple or Microsoft or whatever, the whole system goes through an update, then everything, every program has to update as well. And what's so fascinating about that is like, how often are you updating your belief systems? How often are you updating yourself? I see people that are still living with outdated beliefs from thousands of years ago. Money's the root of all evil. Wow. That's, that's not even outdated. That's just, that was a flat out lie. Outdated is the, the one I always use is a woman's place is in the home. 
Now, if you say that today, that's extremely offensive. That's, that's perverse, almost. But it was true a hundred years ago and, and beyond. So saying it then would be like, oh yeah, no, you know. The woman is the center of love, and so therefore is the best apt to love children, right? And, and all that kind of thing, where the men are more mind-dominated. Now we're shifting into a new reality, a new phase of evolution, where those two things aren't necessarily true. Men can be more loving, more open-hearted, if they've updated this nonsense belief that showing emotion is weak. I was talking to a good friend of mine who's a little, slightly older than me, not, not like several years, but a couple years older than me, but one of my best man friends, and his father was going, is going through some serious medical challenges. And I could tell he was emotional. I was like, dude, let's talk about the emotions that you're feeling. And he couldn't do it. He didn't want to do it. And I didn't push hard. Gave him the space and the opportunity if he wanted to, but he couldn't do it. And so I told him the same exact thing I just said to you, which is, dude, you got to let go of this nonsense idea that showing emotion is weak. Or that as a man, you're not supposed to show emotion. Like, there's no way through the valley of life... And I'll explain what that means if you don't know. But there's no way through this path of life and to the highest and best self if you can't feel all the feels. You have to be able to feel all of your emotions to understand them and to move through emotional intelligence. Maybe we should say it like that. The next wave of evolution is not more mental intelligence, it's more emotional intelligence. Mental intelligence has taken us as far as it can. Emotional intelligence hasn't even, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of emotional intelligence yet. And so, that's what this place, this world is sorely lacking. But not lack in a, a sense of, oh no, we've, we've messed up and we forgot how to do this or whatever. Lack in a sense of this is the next place that needs major evolution, major understanding. And so, going back to the original question, which was, how often are you updating your, your beliefs? How often, are you, how often are you updating your software, your perceptions? And if you're not doing this on a constant and regular basis, beyond my podcast, then I invite you to do so. Most likely you are since you're listening to me, but still. How do we update a belief? We have to use something other than the mind, which goes back to the emotional guidance system. Right? If you're if you're believing a you know, a couple thousand year old belief that the woman's place is in the home, for instance, which is clearly outdated, and that doesn't make you feel good, then bam! The emotions are trying to tell you that that belief is outdated. Or if you feel it constricts in any way. Because obviously, even if you're not a woman, if you're coming from this place as a man, 
saying a woman's place is in the home is obviously constricting to the female gender. Let's use something different that's not so sexist. Um, hmm. Nothing's immediately coming to me. Oh, here's one. I was just reading, rereading my book and going through some final edits before publishing. And a penny saved is a penny earned. <clears throat> um, there's so many problems with that belief system. I don't even know where to begin. But back in the day, that made sense. There's the two obvious ones are. Earning means to suffer to deserve. So what are you saying? We have to suffer. So basically, bottom line is Benjamin Franklin was trying to say to to be frugal because it's like earning twice. But frugality and efficiency of resources, while efficiency of resources does create abundance, it's too, that, that belief system is very vague. And we always forget that all money is spending money. So if you're saving money, it just means you're spending it later. That's all. It's not mean you earn it twice or you're smarter or any of that shit. Yes, efficiency is important. Maybe we should talk about that today. Because I've gone back and forth with this paradox multiple times recently. The paradox of efficiency. Of resources. Um, but anyway, ultimately, we're talking about updating beliefs. But this is a good place to go. So, I was baffled... Not not at all uh, opposed to saying that. I was baffled, like seriously confused, and I still have some learning to do around this. Obviously, I am attempting to master the abundance frequency. The uh, frequency simply means your dominant emotion. There's 14 frequencies uh, that this physical reality uses to create with, kind of like uh, notes of a song that sing, if you will, into existence things. I'm not going to go into all 14, but the top, the highest frequency is unconditional love, and the fourth is abundance, and there's happiness and joy and ease and gratitude, sex, and all kinds of other ones. But for, uh, even aloneness has its own frequency. But um, for all intents and purposes, we focused on abundance. So, if you want to know more about the, all the frequencies, go to my website under resources. Um, where was I? Now, to master the abundance frequency, you have to know a lot of different things. But you have to understand scarcity in all its forms. And um, what's so interesting is abundance is the way of the, the way the universe works. Uh, or I should say, I like to say it like this, like abundance is the concert hall which in with all the other notes are played. It's almost like the space of all things, that all things are held, is abundance. Everything is unconditional love. That cannot be changed. However, abundance in and of itself is... Uh, has no other reason for being than it is. Same with unconditional love. Same with all the frequency. But bottom line is, 
Well, maybe not all of them. But the bottom line is this, before I get too esoteric, is abundance is the natural way of things. And so scarcity is the illusion. But what's so fascinating about it is even when you impose fake scarcity onto something, it creates more abundance. Here's what I mean. <clears throat> Let's use, I've used this one many times. People think diamonds are scarce. They're not. They are monopolized by the De Beers Corporation. There's actually no scarcity in diamonds at all, which is exactly what you'll see anytime you try to go resell a diamond and how much value it actually has. It's fake scarcity. But even fake scarcity creates abundance for an abundance of money for the De Beers Corporation. So it's like you cannot escape abundance. It's not even possible to, to damage it or hurt it. It's like, um, it's kind of like, um, I don't know why this is, it's so fascinating. Like, have you ever had a, a water balloon in your hand that wasn't filled fully to the, to the, the max of, like, if you squeeze it, it pops, but it was filled, like, halfway, and you'd grab it, and the, the water would go out of your, in the balloon, out of your hand, and make a bubble, right? And then you'd grab the bubble, and it would squeeze and go somewhere else. Like, you cannot constrict abundance and have it not flourish somewhere else. It's what's so fascinating. And when it comes to efficiency, this is what's extremely interesting. Well, let's not go to interest. Let's just go to efficiency just yet. I'll come to that. But what's so fascinating is anytime you try to impose scarcity onto abundance, because abundance is the actual way of things. It's the foundation of things. It's how everything operates in nature and in everything, really. It always operates in abundance. It's, again, it's like unconditional love is playing in the concert hall of, of abundance. And there's never any shortage of supply. There's always enough of everything. And what's fascinating is anytime, anytime because we have contrast here in physical reality, or the illusion or perception of contrast, but again, that's maybe too esoteric. So... Um, what's super fascinating is like this reality is a mere reality so if you believe in scarcity it will manifest however it will only manifest within the illusion it will only make you believe there's scarcity it can't actually create scarcity that's not possible but if you believe in scarcity it will manifest in your life and it will create abundance somewhere else for that as if like okay this is getting again it's getting too like hypothetical so let's get into like some real like a real world example right i was watching hoarders fascinating show and what's so fascinating is like people see all of this abundance of trash or things and it's made from scarcity. The dominant, one of the dominant emotions of all hoarders is that there's never enough. 
So they have to hold on to things because they're afraid of running out. They're afraid of like, oh, you know, um, I need to buy five of these, you know, Costco style or Sam's Club. I need to buy five of these so that if there's a shortage, I run out. But what's fascinating is now they have an abundance of these things. And so many times I hear in the hoarder story that like they buy, they rebuy things because they can't find it in the pile. So, so they basically take a warehouse full of shit and put it into their home. And it's like they're drowning in abundance because of their scarcity beliefs. And of course there's other things. Typically there's huge trauma around loss with hoarders. Not all hoarding is the same, just like uh, derived from the same belief systems or traumas, just like alcoholism isn't uh, a symptom of like a universal problem. Like it's a symptom of a much deeper issue, alcoholism and hoarding, but the deeper issue isn't always the same. It's not universal in that regard. But anyway, there are some similarities to a lot of their the underlying issues, but it's not like, oh, you're an alcoholic, which means you're abused by your father. Like, no, that's, that's possible that that is a big thing, but it's not always the same for everybody, is my point. So anyway, going back to hoarding, most all hoarders have multiple issues, but one of the major ones is they believe there's never enough. And so they have to hoard. So that's, it's a manifestation. It's an abundance manifestation of scarcity. Which I find so fascinating. Because it's like you cannot get rid of abundance. They're choking on abundance. It's like the universe is saying, there's so much for you. How could you still believe in scarcity? But they do, and so it shows up this way. But let's say, let's use a different example. The abundance that you are, because you are a part of that frequency, like the tree of life, like the roots and the trunk, if you will, is unconditional love. And that's what runs through the sap or the veins of the tree. And the branches that branch out are abundance and happiness and joy and ease and sex and love. No, no, I said unconditional love. Um, why I don't remember all the frequencies offhand, but oh, power and energy and emotion. All of these things are branches off the tree. So they're all connected through unconditional love, but they're like, they're like different iterations or different, um, expressions of unconditional love rooted in unconditional love. So abundance is one of these expressions and then helps all the other ones. It helps all the other branches because there's an abundance of branches, right? So it's like the space in which these things work. So they're not, they're all connected. And that's why understanding unconditional love and how much I talk about unconditional love is so paramount to getting back to your own divinity. And seeing through the entire illusion, not just scarcity. So, I mean, I could be the power shaman too and talk all about how um, we give away our power and then wonder why we don't have it. (laughs) But you can't really get rid of it. You can only imagine yourself not to have it and then 
and then take actions from that place that give it away. Like, oh, I have to go to a job because I have no power over my reality. Is you pretending through illusion and delusion that you have no power when in actuality you're God, right? So we could do this all day with all the frequencies I just just chosen or what's chosen me or whatever you want to say is to be an emissary of abundance, the fourth frequency. So, and ironically or non-coincidentally, four has always been my favorite number. So anyway, I'm really going out there on the woo-woo shit today. I hope you're strapped in because <laughs> I'm in a good mood and it's just all coming out straight channeling here. So where were we? So no matter what you try to do, abundance always shows itself. So when you restrict your abundance, that is you, whether, and and abundance is not just money. Abundance, money is one way abundance can show itself. But it's only one way, and it wouldn't be abundance if there was only one way. So my favorite way, um, abundance manifest is through opportunity or ideas and there are tons and tons of ideas no one can ever argue with me that human beings will ever run out of ideas so that's why i I find it so fascinating and that's what we're going to talk let's use that that's exactly what we're going to use today so we try to impose scarcity on let's say water which we can never fully run out of clean drinking water but we try to impose scarcity onto it by believing that it can run out And then we watch as all this stuff starts to dwindle, all our our vast reserves of fresh water. And then what happens? You cannot stop abundance because it is the natural way of things. It's not that more water appears, even though that does happen, but human ingenuity. Abundance shows itself in different ways. And now there's, and I've said this many times, but there's a company based in India of all places that uh has created a machine that can create water out of thin air by mimicking mother nature herself and creating um a heat humidity and um uh, like a hot and cold if you will condensation basically rain making within the machine changing the temperature and, and density of the air to create water out of it water out of thin air so like even if we impose scarcity through the mirror through the power that we have to create in this reality by believing and so then that the mirror reflects what we believe about it even when you try to create scarcity and impose on an abundance 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 just slips out the other side of the hand it's like well we'll just come out it like this and here's a tons of ideas that would create come back to abundance so it's like a river and it's like you trying to dam a river <laughs> and the and the, uh, the universe or that is the abundance that is the river it's just going to find ways around the dam it's going to break through it it's going to create tributaries it'll find it it'll seep into the aquifer and come out the other it'll, it'll just find another way that's what it does You cannot stop abundance. You can only create more of it. So we come to efficiency then. Because this is what came up with me is like, okay, 
you can't waste anything because nothing, there's always enough. However, with the contrast that we've created in this physical reality called scarcity, because we're naturally abundant, that's our natural way of things, just like we're naturally unconditional loving. But here in the contrast, we had to create scarcity to further know abundance. But because of that scarcity and because of the fascinating uh, way in which abundance moves, where you try to dam it and it just makes more and flows around and finds a different way and just goes around it or, or overcomes it, efficiency is something that we as spirit, let's say, we as constant evolving unconditional love didn't know about efficiency before creating physical reality with contrast. So when we talk about why, why, are, we, why are we doing this game of physical reality, of wiping our memories, of playing in contrast, of doing this extremely difficult game, <clears throat> why did we create contrast? Everything is, here, everything is to help you evolve. Everything is to help us evolve as one singular entity, as God. We are all one thing. There is no other thing to make stuff with. It's just us. It's just the one. Unconditional love, if you will. One source energy. One energy. And so, we constantly evolve and expand. That's the nature. We just spread. We are unconditional love that expands. Or that goes where it is not is my best definition. We are unconditional love that goes where it's not. And since we are infinite in all directions, we decided to pretend there was scarcity to overcome or conditional love to overcome. So in this pretending, in this game, this virtual reality that we created, one of the fascinating things that happened is we learned what efficiency was. So... We have, an, there's no end to our abundance, literally. So there was no need to contemplate efficiency before now. There was no need to understand or play with efficiency before now. But when we started to play in the contrast of physical reality, one of the things we notice is this paradox that we just said, which is you impose scarcity, but you, you can't get around there's always enough. Like, that would stop the game. So, that would hinder the growth. So, you can't get around, there's always enough. I mean, even homeless people get fed, right? Even the most mangiest dogs survive. Because the game always needs to support itself. You can go out pretty far. But you can never fully detach from unconditional love. Just like you can never fully detach from abundance. There's always enough. No matter what. You can gut down pretty far to where you're, you know, (laughs) urban camping, if you will. Um... But, and, you know, eating out of trash cans, but you'll still have enough. Every living creature is provided for every day and always has been. Okay. But even with that base foundation, you try to impose scarcity onto abundance. And then it shows up in other ways. It's like trying to hit 
an invisible target or trying to hit a moving target. It just, it just, it just evolves around it. And one of the ways in which it does is through efficiency. Because check this out. Let's say, let's go back to the water example. Let's say we've all come to a belief in like a, a region or a, um, a, co- a collective consciousness that says um, we're going to run out of water. And then the universe is listening to our collective consciousness and then starts to reveal it or mirror it back to us, right? And so then we run out of, like Mexico City is running out of water for the stupidest things, by the way. But um, they literally paved over the aquifer. There's no, there's no way for rain to collect in their aquifer. <laughs> so fascinating. They have floods, but don't have enough drinking water. Anyway, <laughs> it was built on a lake, by the way. Anyway, so they have so much water that they have, have done a terrible job of stewarding their resources. Basically, self-imposed self-sabotage, self-imposed scarcity. And so they come to this place where they're about to run out of drinking water and human ingenuity shows up. And they start to get more efficient with their resources. And then efficiency does what? It breeds more abundance. So we recognize that you can never get rid of abundance fully. But we also recognize that using abundance efficiently creates even more abundance. It's as if efficiency honors abundance by creating more. Why is this important, Larry? Because for a few reasons. One, let's start with the easiest one to understand, which is how do we steward our resources the best possible way for our spiritual development? Now, I've talked about creating a course. Let me pause this because there's a ton of traffic right here. Hold on one second. Okay, there seems to be a dying down of traffic now. So, where was I? It's as if efficiency honors abundance by creating more. But why is that important? For two main reasons. Let's go into the stewardship reason first. There's so often I get questions about how do we steward our, our resources better to be more spiritual. Or, it, or another way it's said is like, well, Larry, if there's always enough, that means I can just blow money and it's no big deal. Um, because there's always enough. To which I say that is true. And... You have to be as efficient as possible. This is a paradox that is confusing to me and I'm the financial shaman. So I'm still working with it. I'm still learning from it. Because I'm, you know, I was of the uh, I was in the same kind of boat that I just said, which is like, well, why do I need to be efficient if there's always enough, if there's abundance? But the universe is like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you be efficient with the resources? And so it's like, ah, and what do we come with? Why is there that frustration? Because we believe there's a right or wrong way to do things, which there is not. There is no right or wrong way. There is an abundance of ways to do things. So you could be extremely efficient. You could be extremely 
let's say opulent or um, hmm yeah let's just say opulent <laughs> I wish there was another word but um, you could be extremely efficient or extremely abundant or opulent and either, either are fine or you could find a middle way when it comes to stewarding resources even though you have an infinite supply and the supply will never run out you still want to be as efficient as possible that doesn't feel constricting I think that's the magic be efficient without constricting or limiting yourself and you might say well that doesn't make any sense well let's just talk it out for a second okay what is efficiency efficiency simply means there is nothing not used there is nothing that doesn't have its place in its existence right and you might say well that means you know i don't want to pay taxes because that's not efficient it is actually because you use roads and you use schools and libraries and things of that nature bridges and stuff so it's not to try to get like say this is inefficient and needs to be get ridden of, gotten rid of it's to recognize that things that aren't as in, as efficient as they could be or things that aren't using everything at their disposal need to be investigated not changed necessarily but investigated you know be gentle with yourself so for instance if you're not using all of your fingers to type that's not as efficient as you could be it doesn't mean you shame yourself for being a two index finger hunter pecker person right it doesn't mean you shame yourself it just means that this needs energy and attention to evolve to become more efficient right because you're not getting you're not using everything to its full capacity and it's not about time wasting because there's it's always now there's an infinite amount of time but it's about getting the most out of in this case typing getting the most out of your use of everything and with getting the most out of everything you create more abundance here's another example okay so oreo cookies don't ask me why that's coming to me right now but let's say you buy a big thing of oreo cookies it's like a hundred cookies right and you would fully intend to eat all hundred but you don't eat them at the pace that you thought you would and you don't use some kind of efficiency so a ziploc bag would be efficient in this case to preserve in a somewhat not natural way but a somewhat you know non pesticide if you will way chemical changing way to uh, preserve this thing right so you're using a ziploc bag which means they last longer which means you probably will get to eating all of them where if you didn't you wouldn't eat all of them 
and you throw a bunch away. So the only way to be efficient and use everything would be to share them. Both would be to share some of the Oreos. Both are ways that are efficient. You help another person eat, right? So now two people are eating, or you use the Ziploc and one person is eating for longer, the Oreos. Both are best uses of efficiency. Both create abundance. Now there's two people, or now there's a, a you longer, which is efficient. Not using the Ziploc and not sharing them when we be throwing it away, which is inefficient. Like you only ate half, like 50, and you threw the rest away because they got stale. Then you bought more. That would be inefficient. But here's the paradox. That's still okay because you always have enough. You're always unconditionally loved. However, you're not using them as efficiently as possible, which means subconsciously you are judging yourself as being inefficient and wasteful. That judgment of self, of being inefficient and wasteful, is subconscious and therefore you feel you don't deserve because you're inefficient. That is what blocks more from coming. The belief that you're not deserving because you're inefficient with your resources. You're judging yourself. Now, if you could remove the non-deserving story and see that there's always enough, then that wouldn't limit you. However, intrinsically, we have come to a place as a, as a human race, as a society, and as a collective consciousness of spirit, that efficiency is the next way of things. It is the next part of evolution for us. So, even though you throwing away half your Oreos isn't bad, it's outdated. It's outdated and doesn't serve you anymore. And needs to be updated. Just like saying a woman's place is in the home isn't bad if that's what you and your family have agreed is best for, you know, being a stay-at-home mom, watching the kids or whatever, that's not bad to say because you've all agreed that that's what you want to do and how you want to raise a family and live life. But it is becoming outdated. Because we're seeing the drastic effects of one person having to shoulder the load of all of the, or you know, 90% of the parents raising the children, and the other person having to shoulder the load of 100% of going and making money, it's an imbalance. It's an imbalance. It worked, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just becoming outdated now. And children, children and you know, every child psychologist pretty much can agree that you need strong influences from both parents. Or, here's a better way to say it, you need more than one person. It takes a village, right? It's not necessarily that you have to have a man and a woman, or whatever, or two parents, necessarily, but you're going to need help, because ultimately, we're raising codependent children. So, it would be best if you taught a child how to self-love, 
so that they didn't need it. But it's also, we're looking at how do we raise communities, entire big families, you know, Latin Americans or Latins in general, uh, Asian, uh, um, not only Americans, but Asians in general, like, which includes like India and and other uh, Asian nations, like they have been bringing this concept of bigger and bigger family to support each other. You know, you see a giant family live in one house, and you're like, yeah, because you need a village to help each other, right? You're seeing this more and more, and you're seeing what happens when you don't have that, right? My my mom was, uh, I was raised by a single mother, but we lived close to my grandparents and they helped out quite a, a, a great deal, right? Because my mom couldn't do it alone. Being a single mom, being her own business owner, she's a hairdresser almost my entire life growing up at least. And she was a, her own business owner and a single mom and trying to raise a good kid. Like that's, it takes a lot, right? So the point is, Efficiency is the next evolution of things. Efficiency is what we have learned by trying to impose scarcity onto abundance and watching it flourish no matter what. We've also seen that scarcity in helps abundance. I'm sorry. Efficiency helps abundance in that way. Well, and scarcity helps abundance too by helping us further define what abundance was by revealing the contrast of scarcity, we created this child of the marriage of abundance and scarcity, or the yin and yang, it created the line in between was efficiency. And this is our next evolution. So I said, why does this matter? Two ways. Because you're constantly needing to unravel any belief that says there's not enough. And you're going to constantly need to unravel this idea that you're not unconditionally loved and that the universe isn't going to have your back. So there's always enough. And you need to be efficient with your resources as best as you possibly can without judging yourself, without letting the ego judge you as doing something wrong or being wasteful. Okay. It's okay to be wasteful because there's always enough. However, and the paradox is, and try to steward your resources as efficiently as possible. Both can coexist. They are both coexisting because it's all one thing. These two seemingly opposites are married together. There's always enough and we need to be efficient as possible with resources. And if that bends your noodle bends your mind good it's a paradox it's supposed to help you paradoxes are like doorways that the key to going through them is to raise your consciousness so if you are having trouble with this like i still kind of am like i feel like i'm halfway in the doorway trying to understand it and like walk through it um but Both can coexist because they're meant to, because that's what evolution looks like. Just like we're watching both coexist with the the woman's places in the home, and there's nothing wrong at all with having a stay-at-home mom, we're evolving to a new place where we need a village now. We need more community. 
nothing wrong with the old way. And if you're doing it the old way, that's awesome. But we are evolving to stronger and stronger community support, bringing back in the grandparents, bringing in the bigger family picture, right? Getting your neighbors involved, getting like both parents to be working some and parenting some, like, or, or multiple parents, like, just like we're watching monogamy evolve to polyamory, no wrong way in doing it. If you're polyamorous, you're monogamous, you're single, it doesn't matter. This is the next evolution. So in that, not everybody's going to switch over at the exact same time. Right? There's going to be people that, are, that love doing it the old way. There's going to be people on the cutting edge doing it the new way. And there's going to be people that are in between, moving in between. So that's why evolution, even though it demands growth, it, it counts for not everybody being in the same place at the same time. It's not just one big switch, right? I mean, there's still people who are afraid of email, for God's sake. So, um, or not afraid, or just don't understand it, or whatever. And so they're dying out right but it's not like everything is adopted all at once i mean i was resistant to email when i was in my younger 20s like i don't want to deal with that and then everybody and you know that's where business went obviously but so i had to but um i remember being resistant to it until like everyone wanted you to sign up with your email to get like discounts and promotions and coupons and stuff and then of course like i said when it came to business everybody started using it so i had to start using it which I'm grateful for, obviously. And it also helped me see that, like, I need to be on the cutting edge of evolution because of my age. Like, when you're mid-20s and you're not on the cutting edge of evolution, it's like, I'm being a dinosaur and I'm holding on to old ways of doing things and trying to keep a pager going or something. It's weird. Anywho, the second reason why... Um, efficiency this efficiency paradox with abundance and scarcity and married together is efficiency is because i want you to pay attention to the amount of money in your life if you believe like i used to i don't get it universe you're abundant just make a shitload of money appear that's not efficient is it why can't i just manifest a pot of gold that's not efficient is it the magic wallet is much more efficient let me give you an example and if you don't know the magic wallet let me tell you what it is the magic wallet is a awareness test I use on people. I say to people, especially if they're new clients or new to my information, I say to people, would you rather have $10 million or a magic wallet that had the exact amount you needed every time you opened it for whatever you were doing? Almost all of them, and I usually, sometimes I'll up it and say $100 million. Almost a lot of people would choose the giant pile of money. And what that shows me always is they are thinking that more money will solve their inner worry of not having enough. But if you recognize the magic wallet, there's always enough, the exact amount you need it. Why wouldn't you do that? 
and no one even asked, can I spend more out of the magic wallet than the 10 million? Of course, you don't know how long, what if the 10 million is all you'll ever have for the rest of your life? <laughs> then you're like, wait a minute, maybe the magic wallet's a better idea. So it's an awareness tool I use because most people want money to silence their fears or money worries, which it, of course it cannot do. Money can't solve your money problems. It can only reveal them to you and your imagined scarcity. So the magic wallet is what we all have already. And so I revealed to them, why are you chasing a giant stockpile of money to quiet your fears? Why not just quiet your fears and use the magic money, a magic wallet? that you already have. It's way easier. Or at least, at least it takes a less stockpiling of capital. But the stockpile of capital is not efficient. Right? Regardless of what you think of the 1%, which is a whole other awareness tool I use, stockpiling resources is not efficient. They need to be used. Money is like blood, it needs to flow. So it all going into the hands of the, of the few that's a whole giant ball of wax that I've talked about many times when it comes to the affluent, the wealthy, the rich, their vibration of scarcity, blah, blah, blah. But just like hoarders, you're not using the resources as efficiently as possible. So the magic wallet is actually much more efficient because you're using the amount that you need every day that you need it. And it's showing up right when you need it. So a giant stockpile of cash isn't efficient. And any wealthy person, I can't say all affluent people, but most wealthy people understand this, which is why you invest more and more. It's not, some people invest when they have a lot, like let's say you have a $10 million. People are going to invest it because they want to live off the dividends or the interest or whatever. But that's all well and good, but you have to see that money just sitting there doesn't beat inflation, so you have to get it moving to be able to grow. Now, yes, there's risk with investing and all that, which I've talked about many times, but bottom line is most people understand that just sitting money in an account is not efficient. So in the same way, why does the universe need to give you $10 million? when that's not the most efficient use of resources, just so you can feel less worry about your money, less worry about the future, the worry is your job or my job. That's mine to work on for my worry. The doubt is your job to deal with. The not good enough, non-deserving, that's your job to deal with. That's your thing to unravel. That's not the universe's problem, so to speak. It doesn't need to bring you a lottery win so you feel that you're validated in your spiritual journey. That's not efficient. It's more efficient for you to unravel the stuff. This is what I say, I keep trying to, I say to people now, and it breaks their heart, but it also gives them power. I'm going to say it to you. No one's coming to fucking rescue you. Not me, not anyone. You're going to have to do it yourself. There's no fucking Messiah coming to wake the world up. You're going to have to do it yourself. Not wake the world up, wake yourself up. No one's coming. 
And so this ridiculous religious idea that the Savior is going to come one day is absurd and it gives your power away. To think that you don't have the power to save yourself. That you're not God. It can be heartbreaking to contemplate. It did, it did me. It hurt me a little bit. Like, damn, no one's coming to save me. And money's not coming to save me either. I'm going to have to be the one to do it. But it's also empowering to be like, who else is going to try to save me except me? And save me from what? My money fears? My money worries? Everything I've talked about in all of the podcasts, everything I've ever written about is me learning to save myself from my own fears of money. Is me healing the, per- the, pro- the parts of me that can perceive that there's a lack. There is no lack. There never was. It's only a perception. And it's up to me to heal that perception. It's no one else's job but mine. And so, yes, I can help guide and I can lead by example. But bottom line is you've got to do the heavy lifting. You've got to do the heavy lifting. No one's coming to save you, especially not money. You're not going to undo all your money beliefs and then all of a sudden a pile of money is going to show up. That's, it's not linear. It's not how it works. Once you realize there's always enough... Then the next logical question is, what do I do with my life? Knowing that I don't need to chase money. What does my heart want to do? What is my purpose? What is my heart's calling? What is the reason for being here? What excites me the most about life that I want to create within? That's the question to ask yourself. Not, where's my pile of money? Because that is not efficient. Efficiency honors abundance. The magic wallet honors abundance because all of us have it. And you don't need the stockpile of resources to go toward your heart's calling. You have the magic wallet. There's no wrong way to practice and learn efficiency. Except if you're, tr- if you're limiting yourself and being, being very automatic with oh, money set aside for play is not efficient. I can't do that. No. 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 That's not correct. Play is efficient. Because play gives you the energy for tomorrow. Play gets you excited to get out of bed. Play reminds you what the money is for. So play is efficient. Unfortunately, the ego can get a hold of this idea of efficiency and start to cut out anything that doesn't make money and label it inefficient. That's the danger. That's why I say if we're looking at a yin-yang symbol, right, efficiency is on the edge between the two colors or between the black and white or between whatever. Efficiency is the marriage of scarcity and abundance, which means you're walking a razor's edge. 
If you start to look at everything in your life as non-efficient, you're in scarcity and you're constricting yourself. On the other side, if you think efficiency isn't necessary but because there's always enough, then you can drown yourself in, in a hoarder's mentality and choke yourself with abundance. And now you're cutting yourself off from abundance by expecting it to be there when it might not need to be there at that moment. It walks, efficiency walks the razor's edge between this marriage. Which means you have to be very gentle with yourself. Be very gentle with yourself when it comes to stewarding your resources. Always check in with your heart. I, the next podcast I'm going to do, I'm going to bring on a, not necessarily an efficiency expert, but she is a master of understanding when spending habits can become detrimental. So stay tuned for that. That'll probably be my next one. But we must spend the time in contemplating abundance and efficiency and understand that it takes walking a razor's edge, which means it takes constant communication with the heart. Constant communication with the heart and understanding if you want more because you're in lack, because you're perceiving scarcity, or if you want more because that's the next step of the journey. I don't have that answer for you. Your heart does. I have my answers. And only for today. And today there's enough. Which is all there ever is. Today I have enough. When people ask me, Oh, you're the financial shaman, how much money do you have? I have enough. So does everyone else. They just can't see it. I can. That's what makes me the shaman. Because no matter how many times people have brought me money problems, it's always a problem of perception. That's all. I hope something I've said has helped you here today. I'm leaving you with a little bit of a cliffhanger because it's designed for you to inquire into you. Am I being efficient because I believe I'm trying to... um, Am I being efficient and restricting myself because I'm suffocating in my own scarcity? Or am I being efficient to honor the abundance that I've been given by creating more? That's a question you need to ask yourself daily. But hopefully something I've said here today has sparked inquiry inside and has helped you in some way, or will in the future. My unconditional love to you. We are different truckers on the same highway, different clouds in the same sky, different mountains in the same range. My unconditional love to you. Be gentle with yourselves. Good journey, my friends.